0: Hi everyone, welcome to the Big Issues Podcast, a great opportunity to keep engaged with the Christian ethos of the school. While we're physically closed to most year groups, we are up to episode 10, so double figures. And if you listen to all 10 episodes since we began, why not send me a quick email and we'll try to give you a shout out in a future episode. A reminder to keep learning and thinking and questioning, demonstrating all your enterprise skills as you listen to this podcast, Uh, as usual you'll need to work out what you think about the big claims made uh, by the Bible passage that we are discussing. Mr O'Donnell's here. Hi sir. Hi sir. And today we've got Mr Craig with us and we're excited to be talking to him about some of his life before he worked at FBS and why some verses from the New Testament are so special to him. So here we go. (music) So it's great to be joined by Mr. Craig uh, on the podcast. Mr. Craig obviously teaches geography at school as well as being a form teacher and doing lots of other things, including helping lead one of our CUs. So it's great to have him on the pod
1: this week. Uh, how are you doing today, sir? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. How has the lockdown gone for you? Well, it's been challenging, of course, in many ways. I think just the lack of social contact, ability to see family, friends is is, of course, difficult. In some respects, I've kind of enjoyed having the opportunity to just take stock and reflect about just on what's important in life, really, because usually you're so busy, you don't have a chance to do that.
0: Yeah, and that's going to be the theme of some of what we're talking about today. We're going to hear some interesting things from your uh, life story and about perseverance and and, uh, I guess perspective on things. We, uh, we spoke to Mr. Long last week. Do check out that podcast if you haven't already. Thought, talking about thankfulness and mental health and Wilberforce and also about burgers. Um, and I've just come off a, a long conversation with some boys talking about those, the, the podcast, and also talking about whether if you have that type of burger, what do you do with tomato ketchup and uh, what do you do if the burgers are really greasy? So it, it's great, boys, that you are thinking and questioning and challenging having listened to these podcasts. So well done. Uh, what about you Mr Craig have you been barbecuing what What kind of food have you been eating during lockdown um,
1: well I've been eating loads of curries most nights I'd say uh, not cooked by myself the key thing to a good curry is what you have with it so you're talking about sauces with burgers with a curry it's the chutney that goes with it and in my opinion the spicier the better
2: that sounds absolutely incredible so me and Mr <laughs> Craig are both uh, West Ham fans uh, Mr Craig Admittedly, a bigger fan than me. He's at East End through and through. Sir, do you think we're going to stay up this year?
1: It was never in doubt, sir. Never in doubt.
2: See, bigger fan than me. I'm not as confident. (laughs) um, Premiership returns next week, gentlemen. So enjoy that when it's back on your screens, including the BBC. So uh, free for everybody. Yeah,
0: although the BBC games were all Bournemouth versus Brighton. Bournemouth
2: versus Palace, yeah, is their first game.
0: Yeah, Yeah, they've been given... (laughs) Yeah. The big hitters there. So
2: So where does
0: this
1: um, love of curry come from? Uh, Well, it goes back to 2011 when I first moved to India and keeps on going due to the fact that my wife's Indian as well.
0: So what were you doing in India? So this is 2011. So this is uh, nine years ago. What led you to end up in India?
1: I could finish university, I was working in an office in London, desk job that I really disliked, sitting behind the desk all day, and I didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life. I knew I needed to get out of it. I'd done a geography-based degree, and so I basically, I'd applied to um, lots of different organisations to see if I could go and use my geography degree somewhere else or in the world, and eventually someone offered me a job, and it took me to uh, remote North India in a... Rural city, which I knew absolutely nothing about. I had no idea what I was getting my, myself into.
0: So was there a point when you thought maybe in the first couple of days where you thought this is a mistake?
1: Yeah. So I signed up for a year's contract and pretty much I'd say most days I thought about packing it all in and booking a flight home. Um, it was at that point in my in my life, it was without question the hardest time. So I was living in a, in a single room in an empty office block because so I was working as a volunteer. I didn't have any money. The organization I was working for turned out to be quite corrupt, um, and not really run as it should be. Um, so I was often a lot of the work I was doing, I was working long days out in the fields in working with farmers in the countryside, but, um, not really doing anything, doing anything particularly worthwhile. I'd get home after a day in a 40 degrees plus heat and, um, to an empty room with no facilities apart from a toilet and a tap on the wall, rarely ever any electricity, sometimes not water, and then my building would be locked up every night uh, until the next morning because it wasn't a particularly safe area. So yeah, that and the rats and the cockroaches—I thought about packing it in every single day.
0: But apart from that, you were really—it's it's really comfortable. So did you come home?
1: No, I didn't. I, I stuck it out. At a time, I'm not sure. Quite well, lots of reasons why, but I should probably mention at the time I wasn't. If I looked at my life, I definitely wouldn't have said that I was a Christian. Um, I'd been brought up in a Christian home, um, and when I was a child, I'd made a profession of faith in Jesus. But to be honest, the way I was living at that time, God couldn't have been any further from my thoughts. But when you're locked alone in a room for 12 hours every day for a year, you have time to think and. I actually started to read the Bible like I'd never done before. And then one passage just stuck out to me. And I remember writing it down at the time, in my diary, and that's, um, Romans five verses three to five. Can Um, you read that for us now? So that's Romans five, three to five. We rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us.
0: Great. Let me just read that again, uh, just in my translation, which is slightly different. Uh, Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character and character, hope and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. They're great verses, but why do you think those ones particularly stood out to you?
1: Well, I think the first part of it, the first half, was talking about the suffering and the perseverance. Couldn't have been more relevant to what I was going through. So as I was saying, I was thinking about going home. Um, Yeah, I didn't want to go home because I would have felt like a quitter. So I could kind of, I could see some, like how this was relating to my situation. But apart from the fact that I definitely wasn't rejoicing or uh, having any glory, there was no glory in my suffering. I was was hating it. And then the second half of that verse starts talking about hope. And it made me question, uh, what is my hope in, in my life? And to be honest, at the time, I didn't really have a good enough answer. And yet, looking at that passage, it was clear that there was hope in God's love for us. And I think if you look back to what Mr. Smith said last week in his verse, John 3 16, that all comes back to Jesus because God's love for us is demonstrated by the fact he sent his son, Jesus, to die on the cross for us, even though we don't deserve it, just so that our sins might be forgiven. And so when I look back at that time, in my life, it was a time when I was starting to really think about my own faith. Did I have a faith and what was I living for? Uh, Was, was I living for Jesus and it was that time was like the start of a journey for me to really understand what it meant to be a Christian because I think I had to look I looked so like hard at my own situation which I hadn't done before and it was obvious to me I didn't believe like I wasn't living this so therefore if I wasn't living it, it must be because maybe I don't believe it um, and so that kind of like forced me to kind of analyze what was going on in my own life
2: What I find really interesting about that, sir, is that that all came about just from reading the Bible. It hasn't come about through uh, an incredibly motivational speaker or message or a a conversation with somebody else. It's simply from reading God's word, you were challenged about your life and where you were at. I think that's that's fascinating.
0: Mm. And it's something you see throughout church history um, over the last few hundred years. Uh, So St. Augustine, one of the greatest, most influential Christians. He became a Christian just by reading Romans. Martin Luther, similarly, had his ideas of what the gospel was, what the message of the Bible was, changed almost overnight by reading Romans. Uh, John Wesley, he founded the Methodist Church. Um, it was to do with Romans. So this is a book that a lot of people have just read or heard, talked about, and uh, and it's changed their lives. So, so does that then means uh, that you read this verse you start thinking about it you realize god's love for you and then everything is just hunky-dory
1: no absolutely not far from it um and as i said it was kind of the beginning of a journey for me but this wasn't like a flash of light and um i was suddenly i believed in in the bible i believed in jesus and then my life was perfect after that no absolutely not and when you're sitting in a room in a very difficult situation sometimes you know these things feel very real to you and and it and it was really helpful but when i came back to the uk after that and i kind of was wanting to maybe to join a church and and i found it really difficult and actually ended up kind of living just how i was before and it not really having the impact that i'd thought it would have so no it didn't change my life overnight
2: yeah so sir so you mentioned the experience in in north india and um, you read these verses Challenge, challenged, you have this hope, you come back to the UK and no matter how much you sort of wanted things to change, things didn't change and you, you things went back to how they were before. Why was that?
1: Um, well, I think it was a variety of things. But so if I go back to what Mr. Brown said in his video last week, he talked about Jesus's first disciples and how they were fishermen, they met Jesus and Jesus has commanded them to come and follow him. And they did that. But at a cost, it came at a cost and they had to give up their livelihood as fishermen, leave their families and follow Jesus. And I think for me, when I left India, when I was in India, things were easy. Not life was easy, but it was easy to follow Jesus because I was very much on my own. I, you know, I spent a lot of time reading, but then when you go back to London and you know, you've got your old life, your old friends, your old habits. And I was kind of just, it was so easy to just drop back into that. And ultimately. I didn't, I wasn't prepared at that time to give that all up, my old life, and I didn't. And yeah, I knew I should, but I, I didn't, and I didn't really know why I couldn't, and it was, a, it was an incredibly frustrating few years for me.
2: And so, so it was almost as if it was a light bulb moment in terms of reading those verses, but when the realities of home comfort and life were weighed up against it, the comforts and, and the lifestyle still meant more to you?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's really interesting that you're that you chose to go to India and chose to work in surroundings on projects. But as you said, you know, there's rats and cockroaches and all those kind of things. But actually coming back to London and living as a Christian was equally hard or even harder. Um, Yeah, much harder. I, I I think that would be surprising for a lot of people. Okay, so was there... Were there further points along the journey where uh, you came to understand more of, of uh, what God had done for you by sending Jesus?
1: Yeah, absolutely. But what I'd say is that these, as a result of reading those, were in the back of my mind. It's almost like you could say that God was kind of knocking at the door of my, my mind, my heart, in some ways, throughout the next few years. Because as I went back to the UK, I was kind of going back to how I was before. And yet in the back of my mind, I just felt, you know what, something's not right here. There's more to life than this. What I read then was kind of, it was, it was there in my mind. It was there in me, but I, I hadn't kind of, I don't think I'd grasped it fully. Hadn't, maybe I hadn't fully understood it, but these things kind of kept coming back to me. Um, and about three years later, I was back in South Asia, living in Kathmandu, the capital of Nepal, where I was working on some water resource projects. And one Saturday morning, as I sat on my bed doing some work, the lights went out in the room and everything started shaking. And there was an earthquake, uh, an absolutely massive one, um, 7.8 magnitude. And at the time, I just ran down this tiny alley into the street where there were just hundreds of people holding on to each other in fear. And I remember at the time, an earthquake lasts for about a minute, but it feels like a lifetime. And I remember being in a daze, looking around the buildings swaying, and knowing that if they fell down none of us here would survive and i'm thinking to myself am i if that's the case am i ready to die and truth is i wasn't and me, that was because i knew that my hope wasn't in jesus fully still like i'd read those verses three years ago they tell me it happened when i read them but wasn't fully believing in them it wasn't where my hope was um so i i wasn't ready to die at that point in time i'm Should just finding
2: I... this whole thing fascinating if i'm honest Fascinating. Sorry, yeah. so
0: what do you think is the biggest thing you learned through this these i guess these two experiences in india
1: so after that earthquake i was where nine thousand people lost their lives that day and for me it could i could have easily been one of them but i knew i like at that point i knew there was a decision that had to be made like it was it was all or nothing i needed to either follow jesus or i was going to this wasn't gonna happen for me. This, it, was a, it was a direct choice. And I knew that, I knew I had to grasp it with both hands. And on that day, I was working for this company and, and everyone left Nepal at that time. They all went home, all the foreigners, like first plane out that they could get, they left. But I, there was something in me at that time, I knew I didn't wanna go. And at the same time, I knew I didn't need to be afraid of staying, even though it was an incredibly dangerous situation, we were having to sleep outside. There was a threat of further earthquakes. Um, everything was shut down, much like it is, has been over the last few weeks. And so I knew at that time, right, I know that I've got to change my life. I've got to give up things, uh, my old life. I've got to follow Jesus. And actually right now, what that looks like is I need to stay in Nepal. I need to be there for the friends and my Nepali colleagues at a time in a time of crisis. And I don't need to be afraid, because if I if I trust in Jesus, that there is no need to be.
0: Hmm. Okay, thanks. Sir. Uh, it's such an interesting story and so many things that I, I we'd love to talk to you for longer about. Uh, and clearly, um, India and Nepal, that area of the world is somewhere that's really close to your heart. This all took place a few years ago, but uh, is it somewhere you've kept in regular contact with? Have you been back there since then?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, after the earthquake, after a few months, I, my contract ended, I came back to the UK and that's when I actually retrained to be a teacher. And I I did wonder at the time if that was the end of my adventures in South Asia, um, whether I was going to become a teacher and that was that, but it wasn't, it was not like that at all. Um, I ended up having the opportunity to go back regularly, like an, like an ch- educational trust for street children down in Goa. I worked for them for a while, was a trustee of them. And then, then I went to university, studied Indian history of development and stuff. And that's when I went back to Nepal, learned Hindi, met my wife. Then I've been going back regularly ever since.
0: Yeah, and it's it's an incredible part of the world, incredible countries. Uh, I'm sure, boys, you have uh, lots of questions. And it'd be great to ask, sir, when you, um, when you next see him, whenever that is, to ask him about India and ask him about Nepal, ask him about the charity work that he was doing out there, and also just ask him about the things he said. And of course, over the last few podcasts, we've been looking at different uh, Bible verses that are favorite Bible verses for staff. Really interesting to hear you talk about that verse from Romans chapter five, those three verses uh, and why they're special for you and and the context in which um, you really start to look at them and think about them for the first time. As always, we, we encourage you to uh, think and question and to challenge. There'll be lots of things that were said in this podcast that you might think, oh, I'm not sure about that or things that you think, oh, that's that's really interesting. I've never thought of that before. And I just think, sir, just account of of, of what happened. I think, so just such a great demonstration of the ethos of the school. Obviously got the Christian faith in there, but also all those enterprise skills um, and just resilience as well. So boys, the next time you see Mr. Craig, do ask him all your questions. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Hi, welcome. And thanks, Mr. O'Donnell.
2: No problem, thanks, sir.
0: Well, I thought that was really interesting. Here are the verses again that really struck Mr. Craig from Romans chapter 5. Paul the writer says, Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Do you have a listen to the song in the episode description? It'll have something to do with the themes that we've discussed today. And I'm going to finish by saying a collect, which is a prayer used in the Church of England. And this is the one that we use this coming Sunday. And it actually links with those verses from Romans, which sounds like I planned it. I hadn't really. Let's pray. Lord, you have taught us that all our doings without love are nothing worth. Send your Holy Spirit and pour into our hearts that most excellent gift of love, the true bond of peace and of all virtues without which whoever lives is counted dead before you grant this for your only son jesus christ's sake who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the holy spirit one god now and forever amen see you next time